it's that kind of time of year, like a lot of exciting time. We were down at a soccer game Friday afternoon in, uh, in uh, Gainesville, Georgia, with our two older grandsons. And uh, before the game started, I was talking to Coach Chris Robbins, and uh, we got to fishing. You know how you do that? And, and he was showing me pictures of these, uh, uh, Dave Leppard appreciated, of large trout and, uh, and then of stripers. So uh, we talked, we must have talked, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes. We talked about catching them. We talked about eating them. And uh, I, had, I had gained two pounds and caught three or four before the game ever started. <laughs> it was just that good. And then uh, yesterday, if you got, to, if you got to a chance to see any, any basketball, man, uh, college basketball was kind of, everything was crazy Number one got beat. Virginia was number two and ready to go to number one. And Virginia Tech beat them by one yesterday. Number three and number four, Purdue and Michigan State played. And number four, Michigan State beat Purdue at the last uh, second with a three-point shot. Um, you know, I can get excited about a lot of things. And, and, uh, and, and I can get excited about fishing. I can get excited about eating. I, I really can do that. You know that. I can get excited about ball games. And uh, this morning, I want to talk to you. Are you excited about Jesus? Amen. Are you excited about Jesus? We, we, last week, we almost finished chapter 14 of, of Matthew. But we lacked the last three verses. And the last three verses uh, are, are, to me, was, was what's fed this whole week with me about being excited about Jesus. The situation was, as we've looked at this, chapter 14 is, is kind of highlighted a lot of, uh, uh, I, I guess you'd say, uh, some, some powerful experiences with the disciples and with the Lord. They've, they've seen the miracles. They've heard his teaching. They were there when he took the five loaves and two fishes, fed the thousands of people. And then last week we look as he, as he urged them strongly put them in a boat to go across the, the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and he remained behind to let the crowds go. And sure enough, uh, in the middle of the night, Jesus wasn't with them, but in the middle of the night, the, the, the winds picked up, the storm hit, and the disciples were there on the Sea of Galilee in the dark without Jesus, and they were fearful. And how that Jesus then comes walking to them on the waves, in the middle of the night, and they, they first think he's a ghost, they're, they're afraid, but as they call out to him, Peter then said, or implores him, Lord, if it's really you, then let me come to you. Tell me to come to you. And he does. And so Peter swings a leg out over the boat and walks on the water as long as he's keeping his eyes on the Lord, takes his eyes off the Lord at the winds and waves, and down he goes. But he, he cries out, Lord, save me, and immediately Jesus reaches out his hand and lifts him up and then brings Peter, he and Peter, getting to the boat. Verse 34, and we're picking up most likely the next morning. And uh, it has been, again, it has been one exhausting night. The, uh, the, the highs and lows of fear to exhilaration of, 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 of seeing Jesus not only feed the multitude, but seeing him walking on the water and then realizing that, that in the very presence is the Son of God. And by the time they, they reach the shore, in verse 34 of Matthew 14, I, I can imagine that the disciples are to the point of where they're saying, 
just, just, just to give us a, a, a break, a timeout. Let's get a deep breath. Let us rest just a little bit to kind of, you know, maybe get a nap the, without the waves. Let's just rest, dry out, get a nap, and we'll be ready to go. So they land, verse 34 tells us that they land in, the, uh, in Gennesaret. Now, this is interesting because the Sea of Galilee, again, runs, and it's called, in some places in Scripture, it's called the Sea of Gennesaret, same, same body of water. Uh, there in, in northern Israel, uh, the, and it runs north and south. The lake runs like this, 12, 13 miles long, 6, 7, 8 miles wide at the widest point. And on the uh, northeast, northwest, northwest shore of Galilee, there is a, an area, there is an area of land that lies in part of the inheritance of the tribe of Naphtali. And there is, it's, it's about a mile deep and about three miles long around the shore of this freshwater, of, of freshwater lake, Sea of Galilee, is Gennesaret. And Gennesaret was known, even as it is today, it's known as one of the most... Um, uh, fertile fruit areas in Israel, of all of Israel. The land there is, they're known for their figs. They're known there for uh, their orchards. And, 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 and uh, even, even looking up in, for this now, they were said that some of the sweetest fruit of all of Israel is, is grown in that region. So when the disciples landed and they realized that, they, that, that Christ had, had took them to Gennesaret, they must have, uh, after they got through kissing the ground and thankful that they weren't out on the, on the, on the sea still in a storm, they must have just thought, this, it, it couldn't be any better. Just, this is a perfect place. We'll get some of this great fruit that's, 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 we're noted for this region, and we'll rest, and we'll be ready to go. But that wasn't to, to take place. Notice what happens in verse 35. Verse 35 says, and when the men of that place, or when the men of Gennesaret had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country roundabout and brought unto him all that were diseased. Now, who did they have knowledge of? Jesus, right. When the men of Gennesaret realized that it was Jesus that had landed there with his, with his uh, group of guys, they got excited. They really got excited and they began telling and sending word out that Jesus was there, that uh, here was a man who could help them. Here was a man who could do things, miraculous things. Now, it was in the late 80s, I think, of when the song first came out. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. And our choir sang it for many, many years. I was reading these verses this week and I thought about that song. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. And the verse says, well, you talk about people, you talk about things that really aren't important at all. You talk about the weather, you talk about the problems we have here at home and abroad. But friend, I'm excited about a solution for the world. I'm going to shout and sing. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. And as I was thinking of that course, reading this verse, I'm thinking, man, that, that's, that's what was going on here. They were excited. They had heard that, that Jesus was there. And they had, they had uh, maybe, that, maybe, maybe in, they, when the boat landed, maybe somebody had talked and maybe the word had got out and said, man, you should have been with us last night. 
Uh, and I'll tell you what happened. He came walking on the water. You know that storm that blew up? Jesus walked. You No way. Yep, he did. Look at old Peter. He'll tell you. Maybe they were telling him about the feeding of the thousands that had just taken place across uh, on the other side of the lake. I don't know, but they were excited about Jesus. And notice what happens. As word got out, they brought unto Jesus, it tells us, all that word, verse 35 says, unto him all that were diseased. It's an interesting word. Uh, other translations have got what there? All that was sick. Any other? Some say all that was very sick. It's, it's interesting because it's a little bit different translation. In the same chapter, Matthew 14, 14, uh, Jesus goes out. He sees the multitude. He's moved with compassion toward them. And he heals their sick. And the, the word there in, in verse 14 is, 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 uh, refers very specifically to those that were, uh, that were infirm, that were, that were sick, okay? But the word that's, that's used here, diseased, uh, uh, King James translates it in verse 35, is an interesting word. Uh, it, and the Greek word uh, for this it's translated sick eight times in the New Testament, diseased two times, evil two times, wrong one time, cruelly one time, wretched or miserable one time, and very ill one time. Now, as I was looking at that word, I was thinking, my goodness. But what, but it makes, what I think is, is what the writer of, of Matthew here, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was wanting us to know at these, this weren't just a bunch of people with sniffles and colds, but this, these were the critical, these were the serious, these were the desperate people that the men of Genesaret were saying, bring to them. It's the same word, this word here translated disease is the same word that's used in Matthew chapter four, verse 24. And look, and you'll understand why I'm saying this. And Jesus' fame went out through all Syria and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers different diseases and torments and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those who had paralysis and he healed them. And that's, that's the kind of, 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 of uh, the group that we see here in verse 35. They were the desperate, they were the serious, they were the, the, all the, the critically ill and, and sick that they bring to Jesus. Now, they came to Jesus, I'm convinced, because they had heard, because of what they, had, they knew about him, what they had heard about him. They wanted their loved ones to get in contact. They wanted all their loved ones who needed help, needed healing, needed a touch from God, needed something that they, that they could get nowhere else. And they wanted them to know that Jesus was there. And they were excited. They were excited about his love. They were excited about his mercy and his compassion on the multitudes, even to taking care of their, of their physical needs of healing and of hunger. They were excited about this. And they wanted other people to know that. Notice in verse 36 that it says, and they brought him and they besought him or they pleaded with him, they, they, they pleaded with Jesus that they could just touch the hem of his garment. Now, when I read that, I'm reminded quickly, you too, right? 
of the woman in the, in the ninth chapter of Matthew. In, in Matthew chapter 9, remember Jesus is on his way to one of the religious leaders' house to, that, that had a child that was deadly sick. And, 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 and he's going and there's a crowd with him. And as they make their way through the, through the narrow streets to the, to the leader's house, all of a sudden Jesus stops and he says, somebody touched me. Well, Matthew 9, 20 says it like this. It says, and behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I can just touch his garment, I'll be made whole. But Jesus turned about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. And this woman was made whole from that hour. Now the story and the other gospel accounts tell us that this woman for 12 years had been sick. And she had desperately reached out. She had tried all the medical uh, Remedies that could be that could be known. Matter of fact, she had went to all the specialists and all the doctors because Scripture tells us that she had spent everything she had to try to cure this disease. And I'm sure probably by this point they're saying it's incurable. We, we've done everything we can do. She had no money left, and she was no better off. But she was just poor. Okay, and 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 so in her mind she has heard about this healer. She has heard about Jesus and she has said within herself, this man can heal. This man has power. And if I can just get close enough because she would have probably had to be declared herself unclean or because of this, she might've been contagious. We don't know. But she said, if I can just somehow, if I can just get close enough that I can touch the, the hem of his garment, I, 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 believe, he, I believe something can happen. And, and the, the gospels tell us that when Jesus stopped and he said, who touched me? That the disciples are kind of, you know, they were incredulous. What do you, how do you, why are you asking who touched you? Don't you see, there's so many people around, everybody's touching you. And Jesus said, no, somebody touched me by faith. That's what we would say today. Somebody's faith made contact with Jesus. And this woman comes and the scripture says she come and she fell down at his feet, worshiped him. And he looks at her, he looks at her faith, he looks at her, her humility, and then he says to her, daughter, hey, get excited, man, because your faith has made you whole. I love that. Has made you whole. And I'm convinced that these, there were people there in Genesaret. It wouldn't have been that far, that long a distance, that there were people there that may have been there the day that this woman touched the hem of his garment. If they weren't there, at least word has reached them about this woman who was, who was miraculously healed of this, of this incurable disease. And she was healed just by touching the hem of his garment. But when she did that, he stopped and he turned around and addressed her. And so these Genesaret, these people from Genesaret, with the same humility... Come to him. And they're coming in this, and really with this humble attitude of, we're, we're, not, we're not worthy for, you know, I mean, you don't have to come to our house. We're not worthy for you to stop and, and make a big deal. But if we can just, if we can just touch, if we can just touch it, the hem of your garment. Man, there's a, there's a lot to be said when we realize our need and realize that Jesus Christ can meet whatever need we have. And when our faith, when our actions are put into, into motion, acting upon that faith, 
And when it connects with the power of Jesus, man, things happen. Things happen. Now, I want you to notice, it wasn't just enough for the woman in Matthew 9 to say, I believe Jesus can, can touch me. It wasn't just a, uh, or can heal me. It wasn't just enough for these people of Gennesaret to say, uh, you know, we need to get, it was just, they, they acted upon it. They did something. They, they went to where he was. They reached out by faith and touched him. And here, as they asked Jesus, they, they plead with him, just let us reach out and touch you and we know we'll be made whole. Now, what happened is the amazing result of their faith and of their action. Because it says, and as many, look at the, this, this amazing ending of verse 36. As many as touched were made perfectly whole. Now, it's, it's interesting because as I, I read this and I thought, wow, now why does he say it like that? Made perfectly whole. And when I looked it up, that phrase, made perfectly whole, is one word in the Greek. It's one word. And let me, let me tell you the definition of that. And I believe it'll excite you. I got excited. Listen to this. It says, the meaning of this word is, uh, and I would uh, attempt to, but it would only be a Jerry Helton attempt. But it means to save thoroughly, that is, to cure, preserve, rescue, bring safe, escape, heal, make perfectly whole or save. I'm convinced Jesus did the whole deal. You know, it was the whole deal. They realized their need. They realized the one who could meet their need was there. And they came to where he was. And by faith, they reached out and touched him. And he did the rest. What excites you? I mean, it's easy for us to talk about fishing. It's easy for us to talk about ball games. We had back many, 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 many years ago, uh, prior, before 1977, uh, I, had a, I was counselor in middle school, and we had a, we, we, we would get, the school would get supplies from Pioneer Risa over in White County. And they would send a truck and it would come over probably, I don't know, two or three times a week to the different schools here in the, in, the, in the area, in the county. And we had a, there was a guy and he was, I don't know, he was up here, you know, six two, six three, maybe six four, And just a loud guy, truck driver, but he would come in and he always wanted to know if we had any boys that could help him unload his supplies. And, 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 and I knew what I, you, could, you, could, you could hear the guy talk. He, he's like me. He didn't have much of an inside voice. And, uh, and he'd get them boys started unloading the reams of paper and unloading his truck. And then he'd start talking to them about Jesus all the time, all the time. He'd tell them how good Jesus was to him. And then when he'd get through working, he'd buy them a, a Coke. We could have Coke machines back then. He'd buy them a Coke and he'd, he'd sit around and he'd just talk to them boys about how good Jesus was and all the time. And he was excited. You could tell he was excited. And, and you know what? I watched these eighth grade boys. That was middle school at that time. And I watched these eighth grade, I don't know, 14, 15 year old boys. And they could tell the real deal. And they listened to him because they, here was a man whose life, his testimony, and who was in love with a Jesus that was in love with him. And I've thought about that. I've thought, I've thought about him just a few years I was there. And I've thought about, you know what? I would love to be like that. I want to be like that. 
I want to be where if people are around me for any length of time, that they're going to know that, that, I, that I have a Savior who loves me and can do anything. He can do anything. He can, he can give purpose into a life that, that is searching for meaning. He can, he can take and he can calm the storms, not only of the winds and the waves, but he can calm the storms of a troubled heart or of a troubled home or of a troubled nation or of a troubled church. Jesus can walk on the storms and say, peace, be still. We have a Savior who loves us and cares about every area of your life. He does, he's not just concerned about you, where you're going to heaven or not, although that is the primary concern. That's why he died. He didn't die so we could necessarily just have healthy bodies and go to hell. What a waste. He died so that we could have a living relationship with him and so that we could spend eternity with him in a place that he's prepared for us to be with him. That's what he, he loves us that much. But that's not the extent, that's not all of his life. He loves us and he cares about every need of your life. So if you're here this morning, it doesn't matter what the, the burden of your heart is. It doesn't matter what the greatest need. There's those here who are having surgeries this week, been in the hospital, lost loved ones, transitioned in their lives. You know, uh, we, a lot of times, and we should, we pray for our college kids. We pray for um, Haley as she's coming home. And uh, is it Haley? Did I get the right one there? Yeah. And uh, all these, well, the oldest Matthew kid, you know, the oldest blonde-headed girl. Uh, and we should. But I want to tell you, uh, just millennials and college kids, you're not the only one with transitions in your life. You know, when spouses die, when, when sickness and when families dis, dis, dissolve, uh, it can be a scary time. And, and I think sometimes it may get scarier as you get older. Had a good friend, pastor friend one time. And... He was at that age that, uh, uh, you know, and, and is concerned and probably with, with our mental capacities, it works on you. And, you know, and somebody asked me this morning, said, do you know who you are? I said, look in the back of my collar. Barbara's got it written right there. <laughs> and and, and tell me and we'll both know. Yeah. And, 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 but he told me, he said, he said, um, he said, Jerry, he said, he said, sometimes he said, I know I need to trust God. He said, sometimes it's just gets scary. Gets scary. My wife's in the nursing home. She loved the Lord. We've been, we've been together for all this many years. But now she's going to spend the rest of her life there. And, and I don't know if the church is going, if I need to, if the church is going to ask me to step down because I'm, I'm at that point, I'm too old. The, the kids can't relate to me, you know, and, 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 and I, and it just, and it, the, the fear so you may, you, know, you may be at one of those transition times in your life that you haven't even been able to verbalize. But I want you to know Jesus cares and he knows. He knows where you are. And maybe like the people of Genesra, if we can just go where he is and get where he is and just reach out by faith and touch him because he loves you this morning. He loves you and he cares about you. I guess one of the things that... Um, I'm going to close with, uh, with, with the words of this course again. But one of the things that I loved about these three verses, and one of the things that made me want to just come back and look at these three verses as we finish up this 14th chapter, um, this, is no, this was not a time 
there in Genesaret when, when Jesus was, uh, was tempted by, and was confronted by the religious and political leaders. It wasn't a time of conflict when, it was when they were trying to trick him or trying to uh, deceive him or all this. It was just a time where people that had heard about who he was put together what they had heard and what they knew about him with an with a amazing attempt to get all that they knew to Jesus. What an exciting time. And I, and, I, and, I, and I just wanted to close it out with this. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. I said, get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. You talk about people, you talk about things that really aren't important at all. You talk about the weather, you talk about problems we have here at home and abroad. But friend, I'm excited about a solution for the world. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll, I'll hear an announcement. You know, the, the other day they had, did you know, I, I saw, I heard something the other day that said that, that there is an ingredient in McDonald's French fries. You know, they're telling, they're telling you those things will kill you. But they may kill you, but now there's something that may grow hair on your head. Gene, did you hear that too? <laughs> and and, I, and I, I, this is true. And, I, and they, they, they announced this on some, somewhere on television, and I thought it was a news thing. And I thought, well, praise the Lord, I, I might die, but I would die with hair on my head. <laughs> and I could get excited about, you know, we get excited about snake oils. We get excited, and, and that's okay. There's some of those things are good. Some of those things, I, because they have grown hair on rats. Now, <laughs> you can take that where you want to with that. But we get excited about a lot of things. But I love this to know that Jesus Christ is a solution for the world. Whatever the problem, Pastor Bill, I think it was when you were in, and Bobby were still in Sunshine Ministries that you, you came, you did a, con, uh, a conference for us and we, you put the, we put the sign up. It says, Jesus is the answer. <laughs> I love that. Don't matter what the question is. Don't matter what the question is. Don't matter what the problem is in your life. Listen to me. Jesus is the answer. You say, help, and that's too simplistic. You know what? It's just simple enough that children can understand it and trust it. You say, my problem is financial. Jesus is the answer. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You say, no, 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 my problem is not financial, but my problem is just relational. You know, seek Jesus first. Be at peace with him. You'll never be at peace with your family. You'll never be at peace with people around you until you're at first peace with God who created you and his son, Jesus Christ, who loves you. And when his peace rules in your heart, man, I'll tell you what, it'll even make the dogs barking at night not be as bad. It really will. Whatever the problem, whatever the, whatever's going on, I just, wanna, I just wanna point you to Jesus this morning and I hope you get excited more excited than even the hair growing on a rat's from a McDonald's french fries because Jesus, Jesus cares and he sees and he loves you. Don't forget it. And when we lose sight of it, quickly regain that focus. He loves us. Let's pray. Father, just reminded that we talk, we talk about a lot of things, and surely you know I'm, I'm pronged to do that. But Lord, help us be mindful that, that our lives and our words 
need to be reflecting your glory and who you are and your love for, for people, your love for us. Lord, today, it, it's so neat to, to, to watch how that those who touched you were made perfectly whole. Wow, that sounds so good. And you're the same God. Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13 says, he, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, it's at you, it's at your feet. It's touching you where life begins. Let us live that, let us realize that. And to those that may be here, there may be some here this morning that uh, maybe like Peter, we've taken our eyes off of you and we've looked around at the storms and uh, we feel ourselves going down. Lord, let us also be as, as desperate as Peter and cry out, Jesus, save me. And you will make us perfectly whole. In your name I pray, amen.